Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and welcome to episode 123 or 123 of Crossover Commerce. This is my corner of the internet where I bring the best experts in the Amazon and e-commerce space. They're going to share their insights on the most important aspects of selling online, and today is no different. The question I wanted to ask myself before this uh, guest pops in is, as an online entrepreneur, you spend so much time and your money on your business, right? We're all product researching. We're all constantly looking at what's going to be the next big thing. How am I going to make money as an Amazon seller or as an online entrepreneur or even service provider? How can I spend time so that it becomes a success? If that something goes wrong and once I find that product or I find that solution, how can I quickly ensure that I'm going – How you know, why not ensure that you're going to be secure in that and you're going to be protected with that, whatever you negotiate uh, or pay for, whether you're buying goods or services from somebody else. Why wouldn't you want to secure that peace of mind, if you will? Well, inspections help guarantee that everything is as promised and of course, as expected, which we'll talk about today. So I wanted to make sure that if something goes wrong, you can actually quickly adjust and fix a problem without months of ramifications happening to you over time. Such a headache you don't want. You want a preventative headache, prevent the headache instead of don't want to prevent it. You want to be preventative in the measure that it's not going to affect your entirety of your business. So that being said, I want to think of this topic more like insurance, right? But just without the uh, British gecko or the uh, yelling duck, if you will, or the Jake from State Farm. But let's talk about today how bad inspections will make your whole house of cards fall. And of course, our guest today to talk about that is McLean Warren of Mobley. Welcome to Crossover Commerce, McLean. How are you? I am doing well. Thanks for talking. I had you on mute for a second, but I knew exactly what you're saying. So, hey, that when I when I search house of cards, obviously the not the most. Uh, likely things come up right you you think of house of cards you think of something flimsy hopefully you're not thinking of kevin spacey or any of those other uh political card uh political things but hey when something i hear house of cards is think something flimsy but it's something delicate in nature right that's what we're talking about today mm -hmm. and i like the analogy too because we're talking about inspections and more specifically inspections um in china and when you really get to understand the Chinese culture and how um, suppliers, manufacturers, inspections work, really the whole supply chain, um, it's very much a lot of gambling almost involved um, because it's like this song and dance where everyone's trying to get a deal, everyone's trying to negotiate, and um, the Chinese definitely like to um, play their hand in the big game of uh, – product development. So um, yeah, I mean, that's not what this whole podcast is about, but essentially it's right. a good analogy for it. <laughs> well, yeah. And in that, in this regards, let's take it maybe a step back even further. We were talking about just the time aspect and protecting your investment, right? There's a lot of different ways to do that. Insurance in, in general is something to protect and so that something down the road doesn't happen to you. And I would classify uh, Mavli and just inspections in that regards. It's not obviously a payout or anything like that. It's something that you want to make sure that if something bad does happen, it's something can enact really quickly and you can get it fixed. No problem. Instead of kind of the trickle, trickle down effect, if you will. So that being said, before we get into that, what's your background? You, you're newer to Mavli. You want, you are 
new on board to marketing, your badass super mom, your content writer, all this other stuff. Maybe introduce yourself quickly to people and then we can dive into a while that kind of led you to Mavly. Um, I think you did a pretty good job. Um, so I started in this industry probably about six years ago as a content writer for Amazon sellers. I ended up owning my own Amazon focused company and then kind of wanted to um, stretch my horizons. So um, I started up a copywriting business and that's when Sajag uh, <laughs> sucked me in and convinced me to um, join his company, which has been awesome. Um, it's been very challenging, but um, I love everything about it. So. Well, as a growth come, yeah, I was going to say, as Sajag uh, said, he's he has a way of words, and obviously he's been successful as a seller, but also in the solution you guys are, which is obviously quality control inspections, and uh, we're not talking about uh, detective and looking over every aspect. We're talking about in protecting your investment. I'll, ultimately, I wanted to make it a little bit bigger and more, not just more glamorous, but something that's super important because this is maybe something that a lot of sellers want to gloss over, maybe when they're getting going, I would, I would, I would venture into. So why do you think that's the case? Um, I think having been in the industry earlier on when I was kind of more focused on helping Amazon businesses start up, the focus was on product research, finding photographers, finding the right person to do the listing optimizations, marketing, all that kind of exciting, fun stuff that most sellers really get into, you know? Um, so it's easy to get so hyper-focused on those aspects that other things that may seem a little bit less relevant or less important kind of um, fall to the back burner. And unfortunately, I always like to say the devil's in the details. So um, when you gloss over that stuff, that's when you can start having issues. And inspections tends to be one of the main ones that people either don't understand fully um, or they, yeah, I would actually say they don't understand it properly. They don't, you know, and there's a lot to not understand because between finding a supplier, finding um, the correct manufacturer and facility and then finding the right inspection it's a daunting process and especially if you're not actually in china and able to do a lot of that recruitment yourself it can be even more daunting so um but it's important that you understand the right process to get the right inspections done right so when i think of inspections i'm thinking about an inventory line as things are starting to trickle down and you're making it the full throughout the process you're looking at it picking out at random a good or a product and you're inspecting it, like looking over, making sure it's either tight or the solution itself is, you know, exactly what you were promising uh, to, in this case, the seller on Amazon or on e-commerce. So that being said, is it more intricate than that than just like haphazardly grabbing something, looking it over and then putting it back? Is it, is there more details oh, than yeah. that? No, it might be listening. So what would those be? Yeah, so there's um, a lot of tests that, and I will preface this by saying not every product is equal. So there's certain products that probably need more tests and more focus on the intricacies of how that product is working. So every time you get inspection, there's always going to be a visual test, which is kind of what you explain, where you pick up 
the package, you open it, you check all the vitals, make sure everything looks right. And that is the end of that inspection. But there's so many more tests that are important that are often overlooked. For example, um, wear and tear is a very important um, test to do. Essentially, everyone knows that no matter what your product is, when the customer finally receives it and starts using it, there's always going to be wear and tear, right? So you kind of want to mimic the types of wear and tear that a customer will eventually have to deal with and make sure that it can last as long as your company has promised that customer. Um, so I'm trying to think of like a really good example. I think like yeah. a, something stretchy or elastic, uh, if you're pulling on it or something that's going to be durable, you want to push on it over like thousands of times. Uh, you see with like even side-by-side comparisons, like on Duracell, for example, um, to be brand of uh, specific, you see putting in your product into both side-by-side, how long they last versus your competition, something like that, where it's a baseline, you know what to expect but you want it to exceed expectations and you know how long it's typically going to last. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of it is, you know, simple tests like how much weight bearing can, you know, a bed hold or, you know, a crib or, you know, like (laughs) if you're making baby uh, seats, you definitely want to make sure that that baby is not going to be falling out of it anytime soon. So let's say if you maybe have one of those heavy babies, like that are full of a lot of love, you want to make sure that that crib you buy is going to be supportive. Uh, If it's promised, uh, obviously those are, those are big things. I would say categories that promise a lot. You're talking about consumables, um, something you're putting in your body or on your body, uh, yeah. Maybe something that you're either electronic or having lots of moving parts or um, mechanical parts. And then I would say, like you said, even child, anything that's small that involve smaller humans like, or children, right. yeah. those are the big ones that you want to make sure that everything you are claiming is going to fulfill those promises. Well, and that kind of transitions to um, safety tests because Obviously, not every product is going to involve a lot of um, safety testing, but especially if you are providing medical devices or baby products, you want to make damn sure that, you know, what you're selling isn't going to like electrocute someone or, you know, have a baby choke on it. So that gets into safety testing, which is also really important. Again, not necessarily for every product, but that's kind of up for you to decide in terms of what your product offers and what potential issues there may be, including liabilities, because you certainly don't want to get sued down the road because you weren't providing the right test. Right. That would be the worst case scenario for any businesses to say you're claiming something in something, for lack of a better term, injured or brought harm upon somebody that would be the worst case scenario in that regards so let's make sure we uh we don't do that and uh for all preference and uh, intensive purposes if i if i'm doing an inspection am i doing it at the end when the product's fully made or am i doing it along the way and what's really the best way to go about all that um well before i get into that i also want to mention because it's often overlooked and it's really important is to do a drop crate test because okay. and this happens like right before it goes out to shipping. So you really want to make sure that all these units are protected and that through the process of 
you know, um, being shipped out and going to, you know, your 3PL or FBA or whatever, that they're not going to get damaged in the process. So that's definitely um, a test that tends to be overlooked, but it's really important. So just want to Amazing. <laughs> oh, no, that, that makes sense. I didn't know that that was an option. So we, we talked about, just a recap for everyone, uh, for the people who are listening to this, we're talking about um, durability tests or like a longevity test. We're talking about um, lifetime. We're talking about quality inspection. Um, and then we're talking about, what was the last name? Uh, name of the last one you were talking about when you're protecting your whole shipment? The, the uh, drop crate test. Drop crate test. Okay, so I'm thinking like, when I hear that, sorry, I was thinking like an egg and you're putting a carton around it. So if you drop the egg, the egg is still secured when you did that back in uh, middle school or something like that. So pretty right. cool. Yeah. So what, well, and you want to make sure your egg is not going to um, break. So I mean, it's kind of similar, really. So which is fascinating that all, that kind of underlies and goes under quality control instead of like sh uh, shipping and logistics. Like why wouldn't that be under, do those two work hand, hand in hand or why would that be considered under a quality um, or inspection kind of uh, company like you guys provide? Um, because ultimately it is the inspector's job to make sure that nothing can go wrong with your product. So uh, your freight forwarder could do it, but it's usually better to have an out, like a third party inspection company do it so that before it even gets to freight, they can go back to the factory and say, hey, this is an issue. We need to resolve it. No, that makes sense. And if you're going back to it, um, you know, if, it, if it's going to obviously teeter over or if on a flight or even on a boat, if it's jostling around inside a box, it's mm -hmm. preventing potential damage that can come along the way. So uh, that, that, that does make sense. And um, super fascinating that you brought that up. So thank you for that. So timeline, we're looking at I think it's the most fascinating thing. We talked recently on a webinar of when to implement quality inspections because that does distinguish when you schedule out when you want to get your goods delivered and to shipped out. And as soon as you know you get an order, in between the time that your supplier gets an order and it's being produced and about ready to mm -hmm. send out, when are we implementing quality, uh, you know, inspections? So your manufacturer should be doing quality control throughout the process. Um, and that means like mid inspections, you know, 20% of the process of it being built, 50%, etc. But at the end of the day, the manufacturers are looking at protecting themselves. They aren't looking at protecting you necessarily because they just want to get paid and get the shipment out. Right. So, uh, Again, it's more, more speed instead of quality you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's like the first line of defense, but you want the last line of defense to be the one that's checking stuff at the end at, during the pre-shipping stage. Um, and usually, I mean, we highly recommend having a third party do that because again, a manufacturer who does that has a vested interest in themselves and freight forwarders who could do it, they also have a vested interest in themselves because they get paid to based on how many units they um, ship or bring over. So it's always better just to have someone on your side that's looking out for you in your business. So you guys are providing the boots on the ground, the, the part that step in along the ways of 20%, 50% done all this time. How often are they interacting or 
communicating with you? Is this something that you need to talk to them every day? Um, or is this something that like you get weekly updates? Like what, what would be like the timeline in that regard? Well, it kind of depends on what your order is and how long it takes. Like if it's, you know, a two day process, obviously you're not going to get a call every hour. So what happens is there's, I hope not. That'd be a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No one wants to be on the phone that long. So usually there's a critical point of almost every product where in the um, process of development, if this one aspect goes wrong, then it's going, you can't correct it really, right? So at that critical point, you wanna make sure that everything is going right so that if you go past that critical point and then realize there's all these issues, it's gonna be significantly longer and more costly to have to go all the way back and start the process all over again. So what's the story maybe you can share like a, like a- worst case scenario point of you guys were working with the client before they implemented the likes of Mavli and they had the story where they're, if a simple inspection just like halfway through or even before they put it on the water, uh, it would have solved a lot of headaches, time, money, effort. Is there anything you can share with that, with our listeners? I actually don't have any story that comes to mind. Um, unfortunately <laughs> or is there or is there like so walk, walk, walk me through so let's do a b and obviously like since you're uh, new with Mavli, there there's nothing wrong with that you individually have no experience in that but as a seller would go through i would expect the processes of even just that last good being created before it gets on to its container looking it over walk me through kind of best case scenario and worst case scenario if there's an inspection in place versus not. Does that make sense? Like almost like a, before it gets on the water, you can have, and someone's looking it over and they're like, actually, these are not good to go. What's the worst case scenario if you don't have an inspection in place? They gets put on the water, there's default or something wrong with the product. And it gets put on the water. Well, I mean, worst case scenario is that it gets put on the water, you are no more the wiser, and suddenly all of your inventory is shipped to, say, if you use FBA, it's shipped to FBA, and you don't see the product at all, right? So then customers are purchasing these defective products, and you don't necessarily know they're defective until you start getting returns and complaints. And, um, and that can be a matter of what, not just, not just weeks, but I'm talking, we're talking months from when it was shipped out from the supplier, all of a sudden you're now seeing and getting basically noticed in the reviews. And that could be a matter of months, right? Exactly. Exactly. And to, um, compound that issue is that with all the delays currently happening with um, backlog and um, just logistics and chain supply to have to fix that issue could take months even after that. So then you've lost months and months of potential profits that are, that could have been avoided if you had implemented the right steps to ensure quality control. So if my goods get shipped out in February, they land 60 days later. So that you're talking about beginning of April or April and then getting fulfilled, you know, a couple weeks later, mid April, um, people get it, they're reviewing and you start to get notice of that. We're talking about May. So between February and May, which is a matter of a couple months, um, best case scenario, 
you look at your product and then you see that it's you know broken or it's not right then right. you're going back to your supplier and saying listen you need to fix these is there any sort of way as as a person who purchased these goods is there any course of ramification that i can take to them and say hey listen you gave me bad product is it can i can i bring anything to them and say you need to give me new product for free or how does that work even or not I mean, even at all it kind of depends on what supplier you're using and what kind of relationship you have Unfortunately, okay. a lot of cases, if it's like damaged goods, there's a huge possibility that the supplier will say, well, that's not our fault. You know, like you've gone through all these other steps. There could be a multitude of other reasons that this is an issue. Right. Um, so it kind of just depends on what your contract is with your supplier, what your relationship is, and if you can prove that it was something they did. I mean, that, that sounds like a headache in itself of trying to even prove that they're capable and even building a Brad product from the get-go. Mm -hmm. How do, So, I mean, before we kind of ask, uh, I ask a couple more questions, just want to give a couple shout-outs. So people who are watching, again, Tef Tiffany down there in Texas, I think she still is, just beautiful people. We appreciate that. I know that I'm the looks of the show. No, I'm just kidding, McLean. She's the <laughs> looks of the show. Uh, I'm just, the I'm just the talking head. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and then Elisa and LinkedIn. So if you're watching this on any of our social channels, thanks for watching live. And then obviously we'll be on all the podcast channels as well. Apple, Spotify. Um, you can rewatch this on YouTube. If you, you didn't catch uh, the beginning, you can definitely check that out as well on the ping pong YouTube channel as well. Um, but McLean, tell me this. What, what's the most fascinating Thing about Mavli and why they're going to disrupt the inspections space. Um, like, why should we get excited about Mavli? Because you're not the co you're not the person who built this. You joined willingly. I'm assuming <laughs> that you wanted to say, "I lost hey, that is what happened." Yeah, I was gonna say, or yeah, instead of like cutting your hair or shaving your head off, you had to join Mavli. <laughs> no, that's not the case. You joined this willingly, so you buy into the vision. And I've yeah. had uh, Sajug on before, and I love hearing from a founder's perspective of what problem they're trying to fix. You, on the other hand, are an employee of a small, I won't say small star startup, but you guys are growing quickly. What was, yeah. the, what was the decision like to say, I'm going to take this journey with you on, along with the other things. I am a business owner. I have my own company. I have a family, but I want to do this as well. What, what was that decision like? And why, why jump in with Mavli? Um, in all honesty, I was never really part of the inspection process with regards to all of e-commerce and all the aspects that go into it. Um, since working with him, I've definitely learned a lot. One, I love his passion. I, like, I think he's brilliant. Um, and I think he really genuinely cares about making sure that people essentially aren't screwed over in this process because he actually was one of those people. He had a multi-million dollar Amazon brand. And to make a really long story short, he ended up having all these returns and complaints about defective products. So he moved to China and um, kind of did quality control himself, but he witnessed a lot of kind of shady antics and bribery 
and laziness and people not knowing what they're doing. And um, I think that kind of sparked in him a need to try to revolutionize the process. So, so how do how do you how do you maybe forecast that this is even going on right now? Because in my solution, if I'm a seller, I'm not going to be in China. I don't have boots on the ground. I might be a small business owner that has to inevitably have blind trust in a company that I feel right by, or you're working with this, uh, a great solution like Alibaba or one of the trusted networks that they are vetting with people. But even then, I you know, there, there's stuff that you say is happening. What should sellers be looking for that there might be this case in, in protecting themselves? Um, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> there's a list of questions that you can ask a supplier to try and negate any potential issues. But unfortunately, it, you know, it's almost out of your hands. And so what I think makes Modly different and unique is that we have service pods. So you get an account management and you get um, representatives that are native English speaking. Um, and they also translate for you. So you can talk to, you know, the boots on the ground in China. And then you also have um, inspectors there. So it really creates kind of a, um, I don't know if buffer is the right word, but it creates a community that allows people that are looking for inspections and are lost in the process, or they don't know how to pick a sample size, or they don't know what AQL level they should be going for, or they don't know how to fill out a product um, intake form or they don't know what tests to ask for. So we have a built-in pod that every person gets that really um, kind of does a concierge type um, model in which you have constant contact with whoever you need. Um, we're here to ask questions constantly. Um, Mavli is really good about the inspectors that we do have over there. Um, we don't use the same inspector all the time. So we often rotate through inspectors and sometimes we'll even have two inspectors on the scene. And that's just to kind of keep the inspectors um, not trustworthy, but it's just to keep them truthful and to avoid any type of bribery um, or laziness, because unfortunately, that is a huge problem within um, the Chinese manufacturing um, realm. So that's something that we really actively strive to avoid. And um, I'm trying to think of other other aspects of it. I know down the future, we are working on building out a platform or portal that kind of streamlines all the processes so that you kind of have an under like you know what's happening with your supplier what's happening with the factory what's happening with the inspection team what's happening with your account manager like so you can manage all that together and that's um something kind of in the future but it should really help streamline the whole process for people i mean that's fantastic that sounds like what we do at Ping Pong, you just simplify the process, make it easier for people to look at all in one dashboard to know like if there is a problem, 
people are talking to each other, almost like a, an ERP, right? Uh, a solution where all their solutions are talking in place so that you can make sure that fundamentally everyone is on the same page and um, you can, you know, move forward effectively. Is it expensive? Like you, you mentioned like sometimes you have multiple people on the ground. Is it expensive to inspect or what's that like cost analysis like, or the benefits, um, obviously the benefits outweighing the cost. Where does that become expensive to have multiple people on the floor um, for you guys? Or is that just the network and you want to go above and beyond to make sure you're so we, weeding out all this bad acting. <laughs> so we bill based on mandates and each mandate is $302, um, which potentially um, can seem a lot compared to other inspection companies. But again, you get the support system and the network that is really important and integral for enforcing good inspections. Um, I was going to say something else on the matter. Of course, I drew a blank. Um, I'm sorry. I totally just blank. No, you're fine. <laughs> hey, that's the beauty of live, right? You start to think about your process. Yeah. I mean, like, where was I going happens. with this? Yeah, I mean, I, I was totally like there. And then um, so so what was your question? So I can circle back. Right. I was going to say it, it seems like the point that obviously Mobley's trying to make is they're, they're going above, above and beyond and quality is super important. And you're talking about inspection. Sometimes it just depends on what product you're making or whatever you're trying to build. You might need multiple people on the floor to look it over. My question was, is it expensive for you? And obviously right, right. for the solution, the, the obviously the benefits are outweighing the cost. But for you guys, is it necessary to even have that multiple people inspection or um, so are you just kind of going above and beyond in that regards. Yeah. So everything is built into the pricing we quote. So anything from if we have to um, deal with traveling for inspections or um, food, stuff like that, like you don't pay for that. When it comes to pricing, what happens is we try to establish what your risk threshold is. So there's some people that like they want to, maybe they have a product that they're not too worried about. Like maybe they're producing toilet paper, right? And they don't think that they're going to need to spend a lot of money um, making sure they're doing all the product tests, you know, the wear and tear and functionality and all that stuff because it's pretty um, self-explanatory and <laughs> easy to do. Um, and then there's people that have a lower risk threshold. So those people, um, usually have products that are expensive, delicate. They aren't, um, the easiest to make. And so what happens is we kind of decide what level you're at based on, um, your risk tolerance. So, um, and that's measured in AQL, um, which you have different levels for. So one is very basic for inspections. Two is what we usually recommend for brick and mortar stores. And three is what we recommend for specifically Amazon and Walmart um, sellers. And that is, and just to back up, what those levels really mean is how many products do you want to set aside to sample 
Um, and what is the percentage required for it to pass inspections, right? So if you're at a level three, you're going to want to test a lot more products than say if you're at a level one. Um, okay. So with that being said, it gets more costly because obviously testing instead of 50 units, you're testing 100 that takes more mandates, right? Um, but then you have to look at the other side of it is if you're going to go into it with a high risk tolerance, it's kind of like gambling. It goes back to the whole gambling. I was to say, it's like investing, right? Right. It's I'm like, a, this. I'm going to invest into like a doge cat or something. If I have a high tolerance and wanting to waste money, or mm -hmm. if I think it's going to be the currency of the future, then I'm going to put all my eggs in that basket. So in this regards, so I guess like maybe, maybe because you're on the product research side and you've done a lot of like research and helped a lot of Amazon sellers, should now quality inspection be a part of your research into development of product? And just, if I want to even go in this industry in general, should that be a part of the solution from the get-go or the research that you're doing? Um, I think that would be pretty hard to judge because you don't unless you actually know what you're going to sell your product at and work backwards and then negotiate with inspectors and uh, yeah inspectors and suppliers for that i think it'd be really hard to really get an idea of what kind of inspections you'll need and if that should um promote or negate what your product should be um, I think in the long run of things, inspections are not your highest cost. So right. I definitely don't think it should be a main factor. Um, okay. Yeah. So. I, I didn't know if that would apply into time management or how quickly you can get your goods. Is there, uh, is there ever a industry or a product type where I'd hate to say it, inspections may be not needed in regards? Is there something that's super simple that, it may just not need an inspection. It may not be worth your while. I mean, I think at the very least, you should always do a visual inspection during pre-shipping. I mean, it's standard. It's what everyone does. There's really no reason not to, um, even for toilet paper. <laughs> you don't want and, that stuff to be dirty in the get-go. No, I, I can no, tell you no, what. No, you don't. Um, and moving kind of toward the Amazon platform, it becomes really important because Amazon and Walmart only allow a one to two percent defect rate on their platforms, right? So you can actually get suspended if you have returns that are over. The average is ten percent. So if you're um, yeah, if your returns are around 10%, and this is based on your reviews, how many one and two star reviews you have, and it's based on how much chargebacks on cards there are, mm -hmm. um, it, it can, they can suspend your account. Um, so you're talking about 10%, you're, you're talking about even Walmart is 2%, you have to stay way under this typical for, for bad bad products you're talking well, about? Well, think of it this way. They want to, Amazon, Walmart, they want to make sure they're putting out the best products for their companies, right? Sure. So they have guidelines. They have guidelines 
um, for what they expect the quality to be, which is why we at Mavly suggest a level three inspection because it deals with more samples and thus it, um, it diminishes the chance of you having any issues down the road. Um, with that being said, I did want to mention that that 10% number I mentioned, it does depend on what category you're in. So sure. if it's like clothing, often people return because it just doesn't fit, you know, like that's it's, it's highly advertised for you to return clothes that don't fit. Yeah, and exactly. Fit and so, size is not a diminishment yeah. of quality. So it's that a, um, is, that has a way higher um, percentage uh percentage return rate than say camping supplies. Um, but it's important to note that Amazon does look at what your percentage is for returns. And most of those returns are gonna be based on two things. One, that they're damaged or they don't work or there's a defect. And the other one is that you haven't on your listing actually properly described your product. So um, that's another reason to have proper inspections because then when people are getting shoddy products, they're going to come back and not only want their money back, but they're gonna leave a bad review. So studies right now show that on Amazon, people that are satisfied with their experience with their products, only one to 2% people actually leave reviews. Now, people that are dissatisfied with their products, that number jumps to 66%. And as we all know, reviews are incredibly, they're almost a make or break it for your company, right? So yeah, to make, to even buy a product or to even say, choose between one or another, that's a lot of the decision-making is between written content that lives almost with you forever. If it's legitimate, it will live with your product listing forever. Mm -hmm. uh, or it, you know, it can determine your money going to your competitors. So you're right. It's yeah. it's all based upon reviews and even the the news coming out with, you know, it, so it's based upon a review. We're talking about reviews. We're talking about just people leaving for products. Is there just an opportunity with like just a bad one-off product and that and that's it? And you just have to live with it. At what point do you need to get like really worried like? Oh my gosh, like my my product batch is just mm -hmm. completely shot. Is there is there a juncture at which you'll you'll get to notified by that? So there's three different kinds of levels of defects. There's critical, which means if it's a critical defect, zero percent are going out. Um, if it is a major problem, meaning that it won't cause harm to someone, <laughs> but it's not gonna function the way it is, then that percentage goes down to, I, I believe it's 2.5%. And then you have minor defects, which allows a little bit more leniency. So a minor defect might be that it's not quite the color you wanted, or right. there's scratches on the boxes or something like that. Something that is way less likely for a customer to return. So again, this all goes back to your risk threshold. Like, are you willing to make that gamble? 
and, you know, let those supplies go out in hopes that they don't leave bad reviews or there's no returns? Or do you just put those aside and send them back? That's up to you. Is there, so there, there's this, um, and I, I see quality inspections working hand in hand in terms of customer service. And what I mean by that is there are ways that you can prevent customers even either leaving bad reviews in the case something slips through the cracks, or if they need a replacement, you can get that to them um, effectively, whether you have a 3PL or you just need to send out a new shipment. I always mm -hmm. say, and this is kind of a, an offhand, I ordered something on Prime Day, right? And there was lots of different competitions and you see a service agreement in this inside and you talk about after sales contact and whatnot. Is there, is there ways that with your quality control that you at Mobley are looking at, not just working with just the factories, but in after goods hit the water, they go in the warehousing. If something happens to be wrong with it, you're preventing that customer to either go and leave a bad review, but instead you're trying to internally fix that problem. Is there ways that you guys are working on that? Um, that's not currently in the works at that not point, currently. really, at the seller's, um, discretion to handle that. It's not a bad business plan. I mean, if you want to go into that with us, Ryan, if you want to be recruited over to Mobley, maybe we can do something. Well, um, so, well, I was going to say, like, I think this make, makes sense in real health. So if you're a partner in this industry, I think it makes sense to work hand in hand because look, customer service is always going to be deemed by hey, the customer's always right. Let's get you a better product. And if they truly just want it and it was just a one-off, it's a one-off. But how I see it is you're always hearing this, these things of if I'm buying goods from a supplier manufacturer, I, by definition of Amazon and the manufacturer, like I am buying goods and I, therefore I am taking on responsibility of the quality of that, of that product. So I can offer things like warranties. I can offer things like um, get a re free replacement or service replacement or offer additional um, sort of incentives for, for people to feel comfortable that I'm buying from a third party seller. Do any of those kind of ring true in terms of quality? Like in your mind, what would be the most important thing to offer if I'm a seller on Amazon, apart from obviously doing quality inspections, do any of those ring more true than the other or more important than the other? Yeah. I mean, I think really, so with Amazon, even with this new rollout of being able to respond to bad reviews, you're still right. very much limited in what you can say. It's not like, so here's the thing. It's like, if you go, if you're own a brick and mortar store, and this is why we say for brick and mortar, you only have to be like at a level two for inspections because at least with brick and mortar, if someone doesn't like your product or they found a defect with it, they come in, they actually talk to the owner, the sales assistant, whatever, and a transaction can be made where both people are happy, they understand each other, you know, it's easily replaced. And that person is very unlikely to leave a review. And where are they going to leave a review? Like maybe on their webpage or Yelp? Like there's not, They're going to take a well, full page out in their local right. newspaper. Right. But with online, everyone is looking at reviews. Like that's the first thing people look at. So that's why we think that you, if you're selling on Amazon or Walmart or wherever, 
you really need to focus on those reviews and make sure that that customer that's not happy doesn't have a chance to um, just jump on your page and start, you know, ripping apart your product. Yeah, sorry about that. My dog was barking because someone was delivering a package from, you guessed it. Was it an Amazon product? <laughs> it was. I think, but this person actually might be waiting for some sort of signature. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go with that. But that's be part being live, right? You get to interact with. I talked about before the show, right? You said if your child walks across naked, we're gonna have to censor something. That's not the yeah. case right here. It's about barking dogs and people delivering packages. But exactly, you never know with live. Um, but that being said, so. Uh, McLean, I'm going to kind of like shift over just a little bit because you've also been not just in the, the Amazon space or, you know, just inspection space. You, you, got, you have your own copywriting business, which is fantastic. And that's growing. You've, uh, you're copywriting for other service providers out there as well. Mm -hmm. What's been the one thing that you've learned this past in 2021 that's been most exciting for you as a service provider, but also as an entrepreneur yourself? Um, before I answer that, I just want to make one other point about inspections. Oh yes, because, please do. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And then I'll, oh, I'll probably make you remind me what the question is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to get this out there because, um, uh, with regards of talking about how bad inspections can affect this whole chain of events with regards to the success of your company, one other aspect of that that a lot of people don't talk about is the valuation of your company when you go to sell it. And right now, as you know, we're hammered by all these aggregators and buyers and stuff. That's kind of like the hot topic right now. Um, a lot of people are thinking about selling their business. Um, and it's important to understand that most companies, the three main pillars they look at are your assets, they look at your profits, and they look at your market, right? And if you don't think that returns and loss of money because of defective products is going to not affect the valuation of your company, you're wrong. Like, it will. So if you want to look in the long term of things like that's another reason that you really should be focusing on getting the right inspection company well you 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 applied to what i always love talking about too is a making clean books for your people if you want to exit a business because an accountant or an aggregator in this space they're going to look at it and see hey what's the feedback how what your supplier and manufacturer you're actually working with yeah. where they can actually increase operational efficiencies is where they're going to ebb and flow. But you as a seller, if you want to make more money, the best case scenario is obviously working with a quality factory supplier. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, depending on what you're selling, making sure that your goods are constantly being reviewed well. And that can come in the forms of make sure you have quality products, making sure you're sourcing correctly. Um, and you're just applying margins to your bottom line, right? If you're we talked about the scenario of worst case scenario. If I'm not looking at my products and I have defective batch go out, for example, and have a thousand units go into FBA warehouse and there's potentially a thousand reviews out there that could, that hit my inbox and say, you know, you said the fact 60 to 70% more likely for them to leave a review. If that's mm -hmm. the case. That is 600 to 700 reviews that could be negative towards your product yeah. listing. That's not going to yield well on your exit. So yeah. that, that's a good point to bring up. And which 
really circles back to when you asked about what are the costs. Personally, I feel like that's one of those areas that you should not skimp out on pricing, you know, or looking for the best deal because in the end, cheapening the inspection process is going to cost you so much more in the future. It'll cost you you pay for what you get or you get what you pay for. Exactly. That, great um, point. And I, I can't imagine, again, $300 for an entire inspection if you're ordering 1,000 units, 10,000 units. I can't imagine that being an investment that people look at it and scoff at. And if they do, I'm going to look at you right now and say, let's prevent the bad happening because you know karma will come back to you and say, the one time you don't do it, it will happen and something will it will affect your business. Like I think everyone wants to be protected at the end of the day. Again, we talk about insurance. You always... Why, why do we buy insurance for our home, for our car, or anything like that? It's because right. if the worst case scenario happens and someone else hits you or the factory doesn't make your quality products the way you want it to be, you need to be protected. And this is the surefire way to make sure that you're going to be um, safe in that regards. But uh, going back to the original question, I guess, would be <laughs> what what's the one thing you've learned this year that's actually uh, – kind of surprised you or that's kind of stuck with you in 2021 um, leading into the summer? Um, This actually has nothing to do with inspections, but what, that's okay. I, <laughs> what I find interesting, especially like I said, um, having my side business is that with there being so much um, focus on videos and images in, you know, content marketing in general, there's still such a high demand for copywriting. Like, it's just, it shocks me, like how many people still need web content and blogs. It doesn't shock me, but it's just, let's say that copywriting is definitely not a lost art. And um, that's been really exciting for me. It's been fun writing stuff for Mavly as well. Um, And, you know, it's, especially now that I've transitioned into um, inspection and supply chain, I've learned a ton, a ton. And I still have a lot more to learn. (laughs) Right. I mean, we're constantly always students of the industry, right? You always have to constantly learn like what's being new and developed as we know in the space at the drop of a hat, anything can change uh, inventory levels. uh, An inspector can have a bad day or, you know, or we can talk about a hundred million different ways that, something goes off or goes a different way than expected. You know that for a fact that we have to learn uh, through the hard way of how to overcome those boundaries. So um, the other thing I know that you said you were traveling uh, before we hopped on the show, you said you're traveling a little bit more. What, not what's your favorite conference or event that you go to, what has provided the most important value that you've walked away from that you've ever attended at an in-person event? So I've said this a few times. Um, Obviously, you know, you learn a lot because you're surrounded by people in various areas of the industry. And if you're paying attention, you can learn stuff. But to me, what has always been heartwarming and encouraging is this seems to be one of the only businesses or um, platforms in which Everyone is in the same field. A lot of our companies are competing against each other. 
but everyone is so supportive of one another. You know, like it's just like this awesome group of people that wants each other to succeed. We want our clients to succeed. Um, it's really been inspiring to me and um, I just appreciate being part of the community. What are you excited about for the rest of this year uh, for either yourself, Mavli? Um, Cause you've had some big life changes. You've moved recently. There, there's so many different crazy things going on. Um, what are you excited about for the remainder of this year? Staying alive. <laughs> Wait, say that, say that one more time. Just staying alive. Just staying alive. Just surviving all this. <laughs> I, 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 I heard like five different responses and I was like, do I ask her again? If I have her to clarify, but staying alive. All right. So keeping yourself alive. That's very true. There's it's, it's, it's an important rule of thumb. I highly recommend it. Um, that's, but no, that's in, good. in seriousness, I um, am anticipating the growth of Mobley. I really believe in the company. Um, my own uh, company, I it's growing fast too. So it's just a wild ride and I'm just trying to enjoy every minute of it. What's the most exciting thing about being a mom right now for you? Um, <laughs> I was, I'll say um, exciting, not the most, uh, headache inducing. Or... Yeah. I was like, well, right this second, <laughs> he's like, yeah, in was, like over there. I'm like, stop talking. <laughs> um, no, he's great. He's five. And, okay. um, which is just an awesome age. He's just becoming his own person and having his own personality. Um, he's actually really into writing like his mom, which excites me. So it's amazing. Yeah, it's been cool. Yeah. Five is a great age. Six and a half is when they start to uh, get personality and kind of fight back with you. Not fight back. I won't say they start to, if you say something, they're going to challenge what you say. They're oh, like, yeah. oh, really? Is this, is this what you actually meant to say? Or is this what you meant? And oh, you know, yeah. you're kind of why. Yeah, for sure. He's already doing that. <laughs> exactly. Like, I call him, I call him Donald Trump, like art of the deal, because everything to him is a negotiation. It's like everything's a negotiation. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm your mom. You don't get to negotiate with me. Like, this isn't that kind of transaction here. Exactly. In the trans <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a one-way street. It's not a if you accept my terms and <laughs> accept my call exactly. or anything well, like that. You will be a great businessman someday, though. I will say that. <laughs> great lawyers, great business people. Yeah, we're we're grooming our children to be just the next leaders of arguing, I should say, or negotiation. <laughs> so without yeah, and what's not a negotiation, obviously, is quality inspections and obviously inspections in general. Obviously, check out Mavli. Where where can we find out more about them or connect with you or the team as well, uh, McLean? Yeah, so um, I will be, if anyone's going to prosper, I actually am running a booth at Empowery, the Empowery Women's Conference, which is right after Prosper. Um, you can check out our website, www.mavli.com. Um, we have a Facebook page, Facebook group, so pretty pretty easy exactly well follow them we make sure we uh, at least linked out to them on facebook and you as well connect with you because you always have great content that you're pumping out um yeah. more about inspections that i ever would have learned in my entire life has come from me as a jug so uh thanks for that i blame both of you yeah. uh, but yeah it's but it's some part of the business that again i think you both agree, and i would both agree it gets overlooked a little bit more than it should um mm -hmm. but it's important in the world of standing out with your competition always making sure you can 
protect your business in various ways. And this is one of those. So exactly. thanks so much for hopping on Crossover Commerce Today. Friend of the show now, go check them out at Empowery Women's Conference as well as Prosper as well. So you'll be there. Make sure yep. they go I up and wave them. and say hi to yourself. So thanks so <laughs> much. I need a drink. <laughs> exactly. Well, there you go. The first ask of this show of buy McLean a drink if you see her in person because events are starting to pick up. Um, make sure that if you are traveling, go and say hi to any one of the friends of the show. So thanks so much for hopping on Crossover Commerce today. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Of course. And again, everyone, thank you so much for hopping on again. Another great episode, 123 or easy as one, two, three inspections, that is. Um, making sure that you are going to protect your one of your greatest assets, which is yourself, your business, your, um, your other entities that you have. It's always important to make sure that you know all the aspects in place. You want to make sure that this is one of those few that get glazed over. Go ahead and check out Mobley, one of our partners here at Ping Pong. Um, check them out at Mobley.com. Let them know that Crossover Commerce sent you or Ping Pong sent you as well. Before we hop off again, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, Ping Pong. Uh, again, Crossover, uh, Crossover Commerce wouldn't be a show without them. Uh, do, working with over a million customers worldwide, $150 million a day in $90 billion in cross-border payments to date, plus now, of course, have been transacted through Ping Pong, helping people save money and time when you're paying your manufacturers, your VAs or distributors overseas, um, making sure that you save money when you do so in local currency. Go ahead and check out Ping Pong today. That link is going to be in the show notes below, as well as everything about Mavli, how to connect with them and their team. But make sure you check them out, of course. Uh, sign up for an account today. It's free to do. Why wouldn't you do that? But again, Crossover Commerce is presented by Ping Pong. Thank you so much. This week is action-packed. We got more people on the way. Tomorrow, we're going to be having episode 124. We're going to be talking about sourcing e-commerce businesses for investors, talking more about boutique investors in private equity money with David Carroll. And then, of course, on uh, Thursday, we have one of the favorites of the show. I have had Anthony Co. Francesco Pickfu back on, finding the answers you didn't know you needed. What does that mean? I don't know, but we're going to find out on uh, Thursday when he hopped on the show. Again, big stuff from Pickfu and their team over there. So we'll have him on. He's hopping on from Brazil. So excited to have him back on Crossover Commerce since season one and episode 100. He's been on, but we'll have him back in on Thursday. So make sure you tune in, subscribe to our social channels, and subscribe on all of our favorite podcast destinations, wherever that might be. You can check us out there as well. I'm Ron Kramer, host of Crossover Commerce. Take care, everyone. Bye.